feel the need to point out that uh today was the first day that i realized that every time i send you the little invite like anchor invite to join the recording uh-huh. today i noticed that like oh god excuse me i'm drinking bubbly water again uh-huh. um <laughs> it gives me the options of like you know when i go into you know whatsapp it like gives you the options of everyone you've been texting uh-huh. and it was like you, uh, you know, you're always on top because we're always like talking nonstop. Okay. And, but then today the family text was on top. And so I almost sent the link <laughs> to the family chat group chat. And I was like, Oh God, someday that's going to happen. And someday like Giselle is going to get on. <laughs> it's just going to be like me and Giselle talking about Cats. sprinklers. Oh, but not today. Not today. You got it right today. Uh, someday, though, just everyone watch out for that. Or it'll be dad. It'll be a real, like, you know, family roulette, to be honest, because it'll be like, <laughs> you know, maybe dad talking about the internet and how all of our information is fucked. <laughs> uh, yeah. It was funny. I was just talking to uh, my, my boss about that, actually. Oh. <laughs> Because I had to make a new, someone signed into our Twitter account from like somewhere random, and oh, we were like, God. we don't know who that is. Yeah, we should tweet their password since it hasn't been changed since 2017. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, don't worry, don't worry, I'm on this. <laughs> yeah. like, and Wait. I handed I handed him the post-it note that I had written the password on, and it's like a normal word, like a password that we like have used before, but it was like you know with question marks and threes and zero uh, you know like i did that like weird dad like capitalized not capitalized like exchange yeah. the a for an at sign and my boss just looked at it and was like why <laughs> <laughs> oh my god seriously you're like okay yeah. here's dad's number talk to phil gross <laughs> i was like listen you can't train me out of this and also someone logged into our twitter account so like shouldn't we be upping our password security <laughs> yeah tell him you guys t- technically got hacked yeah oh my god and also the funny thing about that is that dad would probably see whatever you created and be like not secure enough <laughs> <laughs> he'd be like here's all the reasons that this one is hackable <laughs> yeah it's only eight letters it should at least be 12 <laughs> oh, it, it should and like i mean technically it is true someday i would love to be together enough to have like a password generator and a password protector for like everything you know but like you know where it stores everything and then like you know you actually hit the generator so it's like completely random and they can't just guess that like my password to everything is like oh eva loves marvel movies she seems to tweet a lot about groot she loves groot like that's you know right i mean that's not my password but you could probably look through my life but it might be one of your passwords but i'm not saying it's not going to be my next set of passwords (laughs) yeah oh passwords oh passwords (laughs) well i should also veering towards 
well, I was going to veer towards the book real quick, but then I realized that I had gone to freaking CatCon, and so I have to talk to you about so many things. CatCon! Let me do that first, because the other thing I was going to say is not very interesting, but CatCon is very interesting. Super, super interesting. Tell me all about CatCon. Oh, Julia, okay, here's the thing. You need to fly out here next year specifically for this. John was already, like, jealous that I had gone without him. (laughs) Um, It was everything you would want it to be and more oh okay cats 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 cats. so first of all it's in pasadena which is like just the nicest area like it's so it's a little bit posh and like just the convention center there is like so beautiful Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and it was in love it already oh it was so great i mean it's basically just cats getting the attention they deserve (laughs) (laughs) because then it's like so it's in this convention center there's a huge it's it's like a you know cat comic-con like it's a huge warehouse just of like vendors and like all different like cat litter you know different brands different like just rooms of cat litter just rooms of just you walk through the whole thing the floor is cat litter you can sleep anywhere (laughs) you want (laughs) nice um, living the dream <laughs> oh my god so much good art like there's so many vendors there like I got a t-shirt and just every single enamel pin I could possibly oh, buy uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, and then in the second so there's like a whole warehouse like size area of like big like cubicle sized booths so, like, those are the big, like, booth booths. And then there's a whole nother room that has all the table vendors. So, they're, like, a little bit smaller, but, like, still really awesome. I got some, like, really cool uh, combo pet CBD and probiotics Oh, that I'm really excited about. So, that's pretty cool. Um, and so, it's a lot of, like, the smaller, like, um, like independent. I mean, not that the other pl- place isn't. Like, a, a lot of them are, like, local sellers. Or they're just small businesses that had flown from, like, Brooklyn or, like, other cool places or, you know, wherever they came from. So that was really neat because I felt like I was buying a lot of cool stuff from, like, you know, like, supporting really good, like, small businesses who also oh, loved nice. cats. And then in the fucking table room, there was a huge adoption center and, like, Ooh. every local <laughs> adoption group was there and had like a cute they set up all these different rooms so like they had these different rooms that were just set up like living rooms where each like shelter or you know adoption agency had like a certain number of cats that they brought with them and so they would like you know kind of filter a a good they like there was like a line to get in so they didn't have people like crowding the cats they had like a lot of good like space and rules for it um and then they had like yeah, they had all these cute little rooms, and so people would go in, and they would, like, meet different cats, and, like, got to, like, you know, play with them, or, like, mostly it was for adoption, so, like, we we didn't actually go through it, because we were, like, I know that they have, like, thought all this through, but we were, like, we know that we're not adopting cats, so we don't want to, like, take that energy away from the cats that could be, like, you know, put towards people who are going to adopt them. Yeah, also, if you walk in there, you might adopt a cat. Oh, well, that was <laughs> the other biggest concern, is that one of my friends even, like, is is gonna eventually get a cat, and so we were like, don't you want to just walk through it? We're gonna, like, get you a cat right now, and she was like, not yet, not yet. <laughs> so we were yeah, like, that's why I, I can't go into, um, PetSmart anymore because the the PetSmart near me has a little adaption center in the back and the first time I went there there was a cat that like 
it was asleep and then it saw me and it like would not stop pawing at the window and I was like oh I can't leave without this cat it wants me it wants (laughs) you oh my god yeah I still think about that cat oh no (laughs) that was was like eight months ago That cat probably has a really good home now. Let's just say that. Yeah, I'm, no one needs, no cat needs to be in my apartment. There are already too many cats here. <laughs> there are more uh, spacious places where the human to cat ratio yeah, is a little lower. There are, are better human to cat ratios and there are better <laughs> cat to space ratios. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. But the thing that like really got me is that they had a bell that you would ring or like like the person who was adopting a cat would ring every time they adopted a cat oh my god you could hear it like through the whole hall and like it just like every time I was like I'm gonna cry (laughs) (laughs) a cat has a home um I also have a little package that I made for you there it's a lot of little cutie cat things that I don't think you could ever guess you should reveal it sometime when I send it to you or of course I did the thing where I was like I saw it and I was like I'm immediately getting that for Julia and I was like oh I'll save it for like Christmas or like a birthday or like you know I'll save it for something big and then I was like absolutely not I'm probably sending that to you immediately (laughs) I'm gonna tell you as soon as I talk to you next way too excited about this I cannot wait (laughs) cats 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 yeah I do that same thing I'll buy something and then be like I can't wait no I can't wait no it's too exciting oh my god the other super exciting thing there were so many samples like not to be that person but I was totally that person Uh, also they give you these huge bags these like reusable bags and then like every vendor is giving away free samples so I have like a huge like counter full of just like little samples some of them are even like one of the companies was the i and love and you brand i don't know that brand yeah we like used to use that a lot and then we switched but that was this the brand that like murphy really loved so i was like give me all of your duck fancy duck samples i'll give them to murphy <laughs> for a little sam- bit <laughs> oh i might have actually i used to get a, um a crunchy food for mushu when he was <laughs> back when he was my only cat oh that was uh it was like a duck and pea blend that he really liked yeah it was it might have been that it was something like that that was like very very fancy very fancy sorry i'm standing here in an open window can you hear all the like motorcycles that are <laughs> riding by uh not really no no okay oh okay great really perfect maybe the background fan noise is drowning everything oh maybe (laughs) (laughs) i'm going to move from this room eventually i'm just in the middle of making banana bread and i don't want my banana mush to be weird so i'm gonna finish mixing it (laughs) weird banana mush is gonna be the name of this episode (laughs) weird banana mush the cat who made weird banana mush (laughs) oh my god well you guys if you ever get a chance to go to CatCon fucking do it it's so great um even i will be there together next year yeah oh i already was like putting it out to the universe to be like because like other like really great like people that i really look up to like Stephen ray morris with the Percast was there which is not, like a really great um cat podcast and like angela kinsey was there from the office with her cat oreo and i was like oh my god i if there was ever something to look up to i was like if CatCon ever wanted us to come in an official capacity, <laughs> that is what I'm putting out to the universe. Yes. Just 
we're there. Please. We don't even need to be paid. I mean, no. We paid, well, we don't, don't put that up to the universe. <laughs> you want to pay us? Let's just put it out in general. <laughs> and then if they don't, we'd still be excited about it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm about to pay to go next year. So if they want to just let me in for free, I'll take That's it. That's true. Yeah. Just like help us break even on it. Oh my God. It was so great. Oh, so, so good. So yeah, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Oh, the other thing that was so cool. So I love a good tattoo. I have a number of them and I actually just, I didn't do this at CatCon, but I did just recently get an updated tattoo. I already had one, but I got a new like color on it and a new little piece put onto it. Just a little thing on my arm. So I like love tattoos, but as we were walking around, one of my friends looked at me and was like, oh my God, I think they're doing actual, because all the, sorry, I'm like patting myself off. I'm so excited. There were like, (laughs) a lot of vendors had really cute little fake tattoos that some of them even had like sponges that they were like putting on people and like, it was really sweet. But then she turned to me and she was like, oh my God, I think they're doing real tattoos over there. And I turned around and I was like, oh yes, they are. There was a tattoo artist who just was so into cats that she had brought a whole like, book like art book of like her special cat con designs and like you go in and like pick she just had like a limited number of like designs that she was doing that day and you could go in and be like oh I want this like oh there's one that was really cool like a cat lady just in like script and then there were these like really cute like like cat with like like hearts and like thing oh that was just so cute it's like that's awesome oh so so good um I want a cat tattoo so bad I I mean, I want one of all of my cats, but there are also ones that I just, like, want in general. I think I sent you a couple. Yeah, we still, I'm still sad that we don't have those currently. We need to get (laughs) on getting that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe we should upstage Jessica, our sister's wedding in uh, September and just get tattoos together. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Oh, my God. Tattoos for her bachelorette party. Okay, wait a minute, though. That's a great idea. Can you like come early and get <gasps> tattoos together? <laughs> oh my god. Okay, yeah. We'll talk about that off the air and like update you guys in a little bit because that might be happening. <laughs> yeah. Or stay late and get tattoos together. Well, I will definitely let's definitely talk outside of this because I did just buy my tickets and I'm staying through Ooh. I fly out Monday morning. So I actually am staying oh. a little bit later. Oh my god, okay. Well either way it's gonna be so fun because yeah. we're yeah. gonna Cat get tattoos. Yes. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. Check back with us, guys, because we might have tattoos at the end of July. Bye, cat yes. tattoos. Cat tattoos. I already picked mine out. Oh, so good, so good, so good, so good. <laughs> oh. I also need to get my Barcelona tattoo updated. I've been meaning to make. I I found a tattoo artist whose style I really like, who also has done a lot of cat tattoos. I've oh, seen on his cool. page. So I have been meaning to make an appointment and get that updated too some more tattoos yeah <gasps> oh my god that's so cool okay well yes definitely keep me updated on that yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. okay oh okay well I guess adoptions according you know going through adoptions of that were happening at CatCon is a good segue over to yeah <gasps> to Yum Yum's tragic story oh, okay well you shouldn't say tragic because it ends happy but there are some bumpy roads but yeah it is quite bumpy she had a very hard beginning to her story oh my god you guys I almost cried 
at this book series all over again, just like Yum Yum's kidnapping. <laughs> Goddamn, going back this way was not the not really the remedy that I thought it was going to be to be like, oh, I'm going to feel good about Yum Yum. I mean, now I do feel good about Yum Yum, yeah. but. I mean, obviously, we know she has uh, quite a cush life these days with Quillerin and Coco. That's but, true. Yeah, it was like I powered through that one chapter where I was like, oh, my God, what did they do to Yum Yum? Yeah, it's super dramatic. And then like, OK, well, I'm not going to rant about it until we get there because now we're ranting about a part of the book that- we haven't even talked about yet. Yeah. But oh, my gosh, it is dramatic and sad and holy crap well as we know Quilrin does come to the rescue of yum yum so yeah oh also remind me i have a question about yum yum's name which we will get to okay okay um that i won't bring up yet oh is it where it came from and that crazy lady because i don't know what she was talking about okay yeah that was basically it (laughs) okay great so spoiler alert i'm not gonna get an answer I mean, we can, like, Google it because I'm sure it's an actual thing. But, yeah, I don't know the 60s, 70s, whatever era that was Mm -hmm. well enough to have an answer for you. (laughs) Okay, yeah, that's a good point. Let's address that when it comes up because that is a whole a whole bag of cats that we can get into. (laughs) Actually, that is where I think that is where we start. Oh, yeah, actually, you might be right, because I think you're right. The next thing is that he takes off work and tells, which can relate. I have definitely told previous bosses that, like, I'm going to the doctor when it's actually, I'm taking my cat to the vet. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, you get so many, you know, I was thinking the same thing, because I was like, it's, you know, you don't have to tell them, like, what kind of doctor you're going yeah. to, and it is, like, medical related and also i'm not taking a vacation day to take my cat to the vet right yeah <laughs> it's not a vacation for me no no and it's um and also i have so many sick days so oh, well, yeah exactly yeah, yeah. anyway use those but, wisely for your cats yeah, for my cats <laughs> yes so quiller and does that <laughs> oh my god he does exactly that so he calls and he, didn't, he wasn't even going to the vet he was going to Lori Bamba's predecessor. Yeah, unfortunately, it's not Lori Bamba. That was such a good guess, but it did not end up being Lori Bamba. But he, yeah, but I'm not disappointed. <laughs> no, oh no, definitely not. Yeah. So it ends up just being a crazy cat lady. Yeah, he like an actual perfect definition of the stereotypical crazy cat lady. Yeah, it really was kind of like the you know like in The Simpsons, the cat lady that like throws cats at people and has like frizzled hair and. Yeah, for sure. That's exactly what I was picturing. Yeah. So Quillerin, like, because Coco has still been acting strange, as you'll remember from last episode, he may or may not, we do find out this chapter, but we don't know yet whether or not he witnessed a murder. So he's been acting weird since then. And uh, he also ate part of a Danish chair. So and Quillerin assumes most of his ties. Oh, right. Yeah, this is the point where he's like, what you're eating fabric then it definitely wasn't mods it was you that ate my ties thanks a lot yeah so yeah he what does he do he had called the bartender of the press club back and had been like i need the number oh i can i can hear all that in the background (laughs) (laughs) you can hear everything i'm doing yeah (laughs) okay i'll stop okay (laughs) i have wait Hang on, just a second. Yeah, I was gonna Let say, just, do you want to frantically just... mix all of this, and then I'm gonna throw it in the fridge, and I'll be done, and I can okay. move. Well, no, yeah, <laughs> to gonna... a room that doesn't have a fan in the background. 
Um, okay, where were we? Okay, let me turn this down. Uh, I'll turn this off. Oh, okay. yeah. Cool. Thank you. <laughs> I just turned my air conditioning off for you. I You're welcome. know. I know. I'm so honored. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. Where were we? Oh, yeah. So Quillerin calls his bartender friend at the press club who had previously mentioned the psychiatrist. <laughs> and so Quillerin calls him back and he was like, I need that number. Because <laughs> he's like worried about Coco, which I thought was strange. Because I was like, if I discovered that my cats were fully eating big clumps of fabric, I think I would take them to the vet over a psychiatrist. Like, I don't know. Yeah, I guess I wouldn't know that there was such a thing as a cat psychiatrist to take them to. True, true. And it but does turn into was... more of like a behavioral thing because I guess he does go in and say like he's been acting this way for so long and like doing this and it does become kind of a bigger thing about yeah but like vets can do that too yeah that's true that's true like vets know cats and other animals pretty well and their behaviors so I would think that a a vet could do that but he was specifically offered a cat psychiatrist so I think he was just kind of like yeah that one if you think it can fix my problems sure that's true and he is kind of a new new pet owner i think so he maybe uh, you're right as at the first mention of something like that maybe that was the first thing that popped into his his head yeah well either way he probably should have vetted this person a little vetted vetted. (laughs) (laughs) that was unintentional but fun um this person initially because once he gets there it's not what he's expecting yeah it's definitely not a doctor it's just a crazy british cat lady (laughs) and her like 20 cats oh my god there's so many cats there which one of them is a siamese kitten and i was having a real moment where i was like if yum yum is just a random kitten if this is how (laughs) she's tying this in i'm gonna be real mad i know i thought the same thing i was like oh my god what if that cat in the beginning wasn't anything and we like thought yum yum was around the whole time and she was really just a crazy cat lady's right kitten. well and then i was gonna be mad so i was like then we don't get to know what happens to that poor cat but yeah it is also quiller could have saved another cat but he just like adopted a crazy cat lady's cat i know it's true yeah but fear not everyone it is confirmed by the cat lady they do talk a little bit about coco and she initially says like you know, some of these behaviors are normal in cats that, like, need more attention and maybe are really lonesome. And then they kind of go into the whole thing of, you know, Coco's previous owner died abruptly and they were really close. And so she's like, oh, yeah, you need to get a second cat. My official diagnosis <laughs> is you need a second cat. Yeah, official diagnosis. You're not good enough for your cat. Yeah. So. <laughs> get him a playmate. And Quillerin does get kind of defensive and is like, well, I play dictionary games with him and like, he really <laughs> seems to really like me. And she's like, yeah, but you're gone. Like, you work. I mean, I don't think she says that, but that's the yeah. truth. She was, she was like, also, you don't groom him. So. Right. <laughs> he was like, oh, yeah. I, I didn't even know I had to groom him. Yeah. And then right then, a cute little Siamese kitten jumps into his little pocket, and he falls immediately in love. And then she's like, no, you can't have that one. 
<laughs> that one's special. I'm keeping her. Mm-hmm. But she does say she actually kind of like I kind of pictured her with like a crystal ball and like having this like vision moment where she clearly just <laughs> is like, oh, I know this cat needs a home. But she more is like, oh, Coco's going to marry Yum Yum is what she screams at him. <laughs> yeah. And I think that was like a, a reference to like actual people or like I don't know because it was it wasn't until she heard his name that she was like oh Coco needs a something something he'll marry yum yum oh do you think that was like a time frame like a reference that was like maybe time specific time related that we just don't get because we didn't live in the 60s yeah I think it might be a reference oh okay that I don't know i would have to go wait let me go grab my book and look at the actual sentence that they there that is in there and then we we can decide we can decide for ourselves we decide for ourselves well while you do that i can say what i initially was going to say earlier before i uh derailed so hard into catcon is that i almost didn't have my book for this section because i had rented it or i had borrowed it from the library but on Uh kindle and then my loan expired like oh, no. two days ago. And I was like, oh my God, I haven't read. I don't, oh my God, I better be able to check this out again. And like, luckily I was. So, oh, nice. Um, yeah. Oh, and so that's the moment too where, so this cat psychiatrist who is not a doctor of any shape or form um, says, yum, yum. She's, you know, she says the words, yum. oh, and so that actually makes sense now because if it was a reference to something of the time, then maybe that's where the name came from. Maybe it wasn't quite, because that's what I was going to ask initially is like, where, where did Yum Yum come from? Did it come from you? Like, which is Yum Yum's current in at this stage in the book name from Mrs. Tate. It was you or Freya. No, it was Freya from her. It was you from her husband, because I think, and I could be very wrong because I am not, fluent but i think you is the word for jade in mandarin oh interesting if i remember back to my mandarin learning days mandarin learning days all right good Um, good tidbit good little tidbit yeah Yeah, so i think that was what he called her and then remember mrs tate from her chair was like her name's freya (laughs) you know like got it all all crazy and was like don't you dare say otherwise Yeah. yeah fair that's fair um yeah so in this section so she has like a little rhyme that goes along with it because she asked this is back to the psychiatrist the psychiatrist yeah uh she asked what um coco's name was and clarence said coco and she goes oh just like gilbert and sullivan and then she sang oh um, for he's going to marry yum yum to dumb your anger pray oh, i just lost my place oh sorry <laughs> um <laughs> i thought the call dropped i was like where'd you uh, go where'd i go okay um, for he's going to marry yum yum to dumb your anger pray bury for all will be merry i think you had better succumb to dumb okay so it's like a little a little rhyme and i don't know if that's like a real song or if it's like maybe a british thing because she's british okay yeah or like a 70s thing because this is like from a long time ago sure yeah yeah 
Yeah, but I, I feel like it's a reference to something that we just have no idea <laughs> what it is. Okay, that makes sense. But yeah, so that's the first time we actually hear Yum Yum's full name. And it's not even in, you know, Quillaren's not even, hasn't even fully committed to it yet. So basically, this woman does her little rhyme and then says, you know, you can't have my kitten, but you know what cat needs a home? Mrs. Tate's cat. And then she says this sad thing, which is like, Mr. Tate, which we kind of already knew and Quillerin kind of thought before, but we do get confirmation that Mr. Tate, G. Verning Tate, the jade lover and um, husband to Mrs. Tate, who has passed on under mysterious circumstances, um, is not a cat person. And so he is not interested in keeping this cat. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so Quillerin I thought I did think it was funny that Quillerin to the cat lady is like oh I'll think about it like that's a great idea thank you I'll think about it and then he goes home and like numerous different times tells either to himself or tells Coco like okay you're getting a partner you're get we're getting a cat like he's already decided even though he says that he hasn't yeah um what happens Sorry, next I'm- I'm I'm googling <laughs> I'm googling Yum Yum's name. Oh, you know what you should Google? Um, what was it? Gilbert and Sullivan. You should. Go- yeah, that's what I'm googling. It's from one of their operas. Oh, it's an opera. The Mikado. It it looks like Coco and Yum Yum are both uh, characters in this. The oh. Mikado. 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 Yeah, so Aww. it's from it's from that. Man, Lillian Jackson Brown is so cultured. She went to so many. I mean, she seems to really love theater. Theater, the theater, the theater. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was a lot. <laughs> oh my. Uh, anyway, anyway. Anyways. <laughs> um yeah so Quillerin comes home and Coco is like racing around he's like really excited and so Quillerin's like okay good you're like kind of back to yourself and then he kind of wonders like oh do you know that I just decided to get you a friend so Coco seems to be like a little bit on the the upswing emotion wise and then is it then that that Quillerin plays the dictionary game again with him um yes no oh my god do you know what else i remember there was one other thing that happened at the psychiatrist which Uh is that quillerin asks about coco biting koki oh yeah and she (laughs) was a ridiculous answer oh my god it really was she immediately goes oh well what's her name and Quillerin like describes like what happened and then was like, Oh, her name's Koki. And uh the psychiatrist is like, Oh, well that's your problem right there. Uh cats are like very jealous of their names and Coco just thought that you were calling this woman Coco. And I was like, I don't know about that. <laughs> yeah, it seems like kind of a kind of a stretch, maybe. Yeah, a little bit of a stretch, but I mean, none of my cats, I mean, all of my cats know their names, but I don't think any of them are, like, that crazy. I think they are crazy enough that, like, if I'm, if Chuni's, like, 
the one getting attention and I start talking to Mushu, he gets really jealous. Oh, sure. And, like, destructive. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> but I don't think he would notice if I was calling someone else Chuni. Yeah, 100%. So, yeah, that was really funny. But, so, Quiller, nothing really comes of that until later. Quiller kind of thinks about it. And then, I don't know about you, but there are some other, I was very suspicious of Koki in the upcoming events. Yeah, for sure. I've been suspicious of Koki the entire book. Yeah. So what are there, like, what else starts happening before everything just topples into place? Well, I think we get, I think Koki's name is cleared pretty early because he does, uh, he goes over to her house at some point and he talks to her about um, a bunch of different things and was like oh you know I was starting to suspect you because of like this and that and she's like oh no don't worry I'm like not involved in any way so it was because of like the oh he asked her if she knew about the um the house before oh right the uh, and then the like the guy yeah and then the guy that she had talked to from the rampage oh yeah and she had pretty, like, quick and easy explanations for both of them. She was like, no, I, I had no idea. And, like, I just knew him. Like, I recognized him from, like, I think he was, like, a customer maybe at some point. She had worked with him on, like, some room of his. Oh, yeah, no, he bought lamps and then, like, didn't pay them back initially or something like that. Yeah, something like that. But yeah, that's right. I think that is actually the next thing because Quillerin comes home, feeds Coco. They kind of do a little chit chatting, and then he goes over to Koki's for a dinner date and meets her roommates. No, did she have roommates there? Uh uh-uh. uh <laughs> Where did you pull that from? I thought someone else opened the door, but maybe no. it was just the two of them. Do you know what? That was her because she. It, I think it was just written kind of funny because she actually had changed her appearance completely like she got a new hairdo she had made new clothes like she looked really different and Quillerin was like really into it apparently and was like oh oh, oh, you look great also it was just a comment on like a different appearance and I was reading too fast because I was worried about yum yum and what yes that's exactly (laughs) wanted to get to the end but that was another thing that made me really suspicious is that I was like oh why is she changing her whole appearance but I was wrong. Spoiler alert. She's fine, apparently. <laughs> yeah, I still I still don't know how I feel about her as a person, mostly because Coco attacked her, and I don't believe that it's the name. Yeah, I think he probably uh, maybe even knows that it's just not going to work out between Quillerin and, and uh, Koki, but maybe that's for another book. I mean, obviously it doesn't work out because Polly. Right. But th- Oh, <laughs> who is that? Franklin, are oh. you trapped in here while I'm recording? Bud. Oh, he's just gonna pout. <laughs> <laughs> Talk to us again, Franklin. Franklin! Hey! He's purposefully ignoring me. <laughs> yeah, I know. They always do that. It's like, oh, you want me to cry? Absolutely not. They always do. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so they have a lovely dinner date and Koki's name is cleared. And then I think there are a few other things that, that kind of go on there. Like she's knitting and then, uh, they kind of talk a little bit about different 
things doesn't Quillard have like maybe a, a realization in the middle of it and then like oh no Koki kicks him out and Co- because Koki's like we both have to work early in the morning and so yeah which I also thought was suspicious yes like as I was reading it because it was like right after he said something about like oh the oh they were talking about the the murder and about Paul yes. right and it was like right after he had said something about like oh I think the police know it wasn't Paulo they're just like uh they're like letting Tate think that and um it was like right after that Koki was like oh I gotta go bye get out yeah well she also got weird about because she does admit to him because Quillerin like tells her that he has um discovered a few things and has been you know snooping around and uh, especially into David Likes murder and he I think mentions that and then she's like okay I since you're already such a snoop uh, you're gonna figure it out I have to admit to you like I did try to I fell in love with David like he definitely didn't didn't love me I didn't wasn't gonna marry me but I was like really into him and Colin's like oh I knew and uh she got kind of weird about that and especially the knitting the knitting and something that happens later kind of I felt like tipped me off a little bit but definitely sent me down the wrong path yeah, no, for sure. I think we both got sent down the exact wrong path. Yeah, <laughs> it was same. a good red herring, that's for sure, because I was very It really was, yeah. 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 So, yeah, just as a note, as a clue for later, as a wrong clue. <laughs> <laughs> she. So you guys will suspect her, too. Yeah, we have to, like, take everyone with us down this wrong path. She's um, knitting, uh, up like, a pink sweater she's knitting a sweater as they're like concluding their date mm-hmm. um oh but the other thing too before Quillern even goes on his date he has gotten the Tate file from the library at the Flexion and so he has this whole file and the scandal is in there and like all the clues that he probably needs I mean do end up being in there but he leaves it and goes to Koki's and I was sure I was like this is the end like this is going to be the confrontation that he always has with a murderer and he's unsuspecting and like whatever but then that's what happens after their date is that he comes home. the date's fine she is not a murderer yet that we know of in this book (laughs) Um, but uh, he does come home and he takes the the evening to um, sort through that file and he discovers some things. Yes, some scandalous things that he calls and tells to Odd Bunsen, which I thought was a curious choice. I guess Odd Bunsen was like the early Arch Riker. Not that yeah. Arch isn't in these books, but Odd is like very in these books. Yeah, it's interesting. I think at this point, because in the later books, they talk about Arch and the way that Arch is kind of Quillerin's boss a little bit. So, oh my god, okay. Before we continue, I'm going to take a picture of my my view of Chuni right now. <laughs> And his little little kitty private parts that he's splaying <laughs> Oh my goodness. I I don't think I can post this on Instagram mostly because he's also laying on top of all of my like my laundry and all of my like bras and underwear <laughs> like <laughs> everywhere. But I will send it to you. Okay, I will not repost it, but I would love to see it. Please send it. Okay, great. I'll Photoshop in a bed of roses under it. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh God. Um, okay. Back on it. Okay. Um, yes. So oh yeah, so it is it is kind of interesting because in some of the later books that we've read, they do talk about how Arch, I think at this point in time, is a little bit not like the direct I don't know if he's like Arch or um Quillerin's direct boss, but I think he's like a little bit higher up in the hierarchy and I think they're just learning that they're getting along, but that he's still kind of has to either report to Arch or that Arch is like a little bit above him. And I think because he works so much with Odd, I think you're right at this point, Quillerin is much more on even footing with Odd Bunsen mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. becomes better friends with uh, Arch later, which is very interesting. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. Yeah. But you're right, because Odd had left him a note or a, um, a message leaves him a message and is like hey if you get in before 1am give me a call back and Quillerin's like well I'm not going to call him back because I don't want to perpetuate my image as a bachelor and like a late night rendezvous or like whatever it is but then he goes through the file and he starts finding all these like scandalous things that pertain to everything we've been going through so far and then he's like I gotta call him so he calls him right at, at one in the morning and they have a little chit chat because Odd has some information for him too. Yes. So in the file, Quillerin discovers that. Oh my gosh, let me see if I can get all this right. I was hoping that if I talked confidently enough, it would all just like come flowing out and it didn't really. <laughs> yeah, to be completely honest, I like absolutely missed everything that when he was reading it and it was like explaining what he was reading, I like missed all of it. And then he was on the phone with Odd and I was like, where is he getting this information? <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. I actually remembered. So in the file, I remember what he found in the file. So he actually finds the bigger piece of information than Odd, mm-hmm. which is that there, the scandal that the planned ugliness guy the scandal he finds the scandal which is that we've been waiting for it is Sorry. pretty scandalous continue, continue. oh no no you're fine you gotta yell about it <laughs> keep inter- keep interrupting you <laughs> no no it's totally fine um yeah it was this huge trial so it was a tri- paternity test trial and it was super interesting because it had all these like intricate connections to like they try to settle it out of court because they're like this big fancy family or whatever and uh they try to just like give them money to like you know gloss over it but because there was a someone also named Tate running for office at that time I think it was his brother oh was it I thought so I thought they said it was unrelated oh well then I don't know. I mean, either way, I guess it doesn't really matter because that whole story is not related to this story. But they went, so they wouldn't let him settle out of court because um, whoever it was was interested in that politician also having bad press. So they made it go through hmm. so that the bad press, and then apparently it worked because they said that that politician hadn't been elected because too many people associated the name with like paternity scandal what not which is crazy i mean i guess i can see it happening more back then because you might like read through an article and like gloss over who it actually is but like these days that wouldn't fly oh i 100 percent think it would i think people like super i mean think i just think it's like in a different way maybe because i think people like with headlines and clickbait and things like that 
like especially with like i mean not to get too political but like hillary's emails and like you know things like that that people just look yeah, at but like no one would see another person with the last name of clinton going through a scandal and be like oh i can't vote for hillary now i don't know yeah. i kind of think it it kind of goes hand in hand with the way that like misinformation kind of i think that was an early form of what still happens now maybe not the same exact thing but i think it might be like related i don't know we can agree to disagree yeah i think it works much better (laughs) if there's no internet i think people these days would get the right information and maybe have a subconscious reaction to the names being the same but it's not going to be very strong i just also think yeah definitely agree to disagree because i think this is the same form of what happens now with clickbait and the way that people don't do that second step of research yeah but this is not politics of the ages and how clickbait (laughs) has clickbait works yeah i mean we all we all know clickbait works i don't think it's quite the same as what is happening here i think this this scandal is a little ridiculous in my opinion i yeah i don't know it's also not the point of the no like what happens to the politician it like doesn't even matter no it definitely doesn't it's like super removed from what happens to to our tate um it's just like a little side note to like it was a good detail though because it definitely does wrap up because quillerin initially while he's reading the file is like wait so why didn't they just settle out of court and then we get that piece of information that was i thought pretty interesting reason why he wasn't able to do that and then simultaneously paired with i think this is the bit i think odd has two bits of information or maybe the bankruptcy was also in the file either either place quiller and also learns that uh the tates become very bankrupt at one point in history and with and currently yeah yeah exactly <laughs> which has carried over into now <laughs> now being the 60s <laughs> um and yeah so that was probably another reason that they don't really even go into but like i mean if they can't pay someone off with no money Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so yeah oh and then so then i think odd the information that odd has quillerin's like unleashing all of this to odd and then odd at the end is like well you better find him fast because he's real he's leaving real soon (laughs) yeah leaving and going to denmark yeah because that was the other thing so quillerin spirals into this whole theory of like okay so i i'm pretty sure he definitely is trying to get money he's trying to like seek revenge on the um flexion for the coverage the bad coverage the bad press that he got back in the day because which is kind of true it is kind of true yeah because he goes into this whole thing about how like the rampage the owner of the rampage would have been friends with that family because they live in muggy swamp (laughs) (laughs) and then um so yeah the fluxian would have reported like the actual news and so he would have been mad about that and then yeah, what else is it? Oh, so he spir- He spins this whole theory about how he thinks Paolo was, like, a scapegoat and how maybe Tate, like, sent him back home to Mexico with the jade as, like, a diversion or even just to Mexico without the jade still as a diversion. And mm-hmm. so then when Odd is, like... Also kind of true. Yeah, also kind of true because Paolo still did go to Mexico. Um, as a diversion yeah as a diversion and we don't hear from him ever again (laughs) nope one-way ticket (laughs) yep definitely a one-way ticket um 
But so then as Quillerin is like going through this whole theory of like, oh, maybe these things happened. He, Odd, is like, oh, yeah. Oh, and so Quillerin's like, okay, so you're saying he's leaving the country. Where is he going? Mexico? Thinking that he really hit the nail on the head. And then Odd's like, nope, mm-hmm. he's going to fucking Denmark. Yeah, because wasn't there something in that file also about like they have relatives in Denmark? Well, no, I think we find that out from Harold Noyton's phone call. Oh. Right? I I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember either. <laughs> we we find it out somehow that they're uh they had a like a, a family branch in Denmark. Yeah, because then that like it was pretty soon after that Harold Noyton calls because we were like kind of suspicious of him a little bit, but I knew he couldn't be like too bad because he's like friends with Quillerin later. Mm-hmm. But we do get a mysterious phone call from him saying that he had even like met Mrs. Tate's family in Denmark and Quillerin's like, come again. <laughs> <laughs> So that was kind of shocking. And then meanwhile, Harold Norton's also like working, quote unquote, working on like a big project that will like just blow everyone out of the water. It's so revolutionary, blah, blah, blah. We also get the, that name that comes up again to Thorvaldson, Tor Thorvaldson, that like really Scandinavian sounding name. Ooh, maybe... Yeah, how does that factor in? Because it's also, that's... I don't- does it yeah because it's the connection between that's the name on the piece of paper that coco led him to find under the dresser right yeah i don't i don't remember yeah i don't really either but somehow maybe it's yeah that's somehow the connection like quillerin remembers the name harold there's there is something about about money like tate was gonna go to denmark and like invest in something was that oh what it was yeah that actually comes out a little bit later but i think there was like a second call with harold noyton mm-hmm. and we do get the little bit i'm realizing how little how much how little happens and how much is just like you find out through like files and phone calls and like different things mm-hmm. because we also had um, the interview with the housekeeper, but I'm not really sure what information she gave. Oh, I think, yeah, she did. Right. So Quillerin does right. Have the housekeeper over and he gets her very drunk. Mm-hmm. And also, well, I don't know if he got her drunk. She got herself drunk. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> he kind of just was like, "Hey, here's a bar," and she was like, "Yes, please." <laughs> Great interview. <laughs> yep. Well, yeah, because he's like also potentially. I mean, he's not actually interviewing her for a job, but she thinks she's being interviewed for a job. So it's like, whoa, you're getting real drunk on a job interview. Ballsy. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, what does she, maybe it was her that gave, that gave the information about her family being in Denmark. And then that's how Quillerin starts to put together that Harold Noyton was somehow investing in, in something that Mrs. Tate knew about because her family knew about it. Yes, that seems right. I think she also confirms that they were super broke. Oh, yeah, that might have been what actually was the point of her interview. Yeah. 
And then let's see, should we just go through? Yeah. How do we like unwind the rest of this? Well, I think right after the housekeeper interview, um, that's when Quillerin goes to the Tate house. Oh, yeah. So we are with, kind of towards with, the end then. We are, yeah. Because I remember in in my mind, the sequence of events goes Sikittitris, Koki. Um, we find out that Yum Yum got kicked out of the house and oh. has been crying outside for nights and nights on end. And then I like blacked out for a couple <laughs> of chapters. Yes. And then came back when he takes the photos to the Tate's house. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, that's a good point. Because it within all of this information coming out, not a ton of actual things happen, except that he does officially decide that he's going to take uh, Yum Yum because he calls and, and he's also suspicious still mm-hmm. of Tate. So simultaneously, he's like, OK, I need to call him for the to pick up Yum Yum anyway. So I'm going to like set up a time to like go get her. Right. And so he calls him and is like, um, hi, I would like to take your cat. I hear you don't want your cat anymore. And he was like, oh, I kicked her out or like whatever it is. I actually think that the housekeeper might have had that information. Oh, you're right. Because then he's the one that says, oh, yeah, I'll go bring her back in or something. Yeah. He's like, well, maybe she'll still be around. And she's like, oh, yeah, she's been crying outside to come back in. Oh, which is tragic and heartbreaking. And I don't want to talk about it. I know. It's so freaking sad. (laughs) Poor yum yum. Oh, my God. And that's the thing, too, that back to the psychiatrist real quick had also said is that the reason that she knows about this is because or about yum yum is because someone in the house maybe mrs tate had consulted with her because yum yum was acting very it clearly wasn't a very good match or mrs tate wasn't being very good to her she didn't have a great life already it sounded like because she was like like you said in another episode she was really nervous and just not very happy even though she was before mrs tate died inside and not being kicked out but Mm-hmm, still mm-hmm. so sad so sad yeah she seemed like a nervous cat i also think she might have been a kitten from from the crazy cat lady like i think she was oh. from one of her litters yes you're right she did say that too yeah good remembering so, yes full circle sort of in this last quarter of the book yeah, yeah we're really getting down to it <laughs> quarter circle <laughs> Quarter circle times. <laughs> back to the beginning of the quarter. <laughs> yes. All the way back around. Yeah, this one was yeah. hard because it really was very information heavy, which I liked, but it also makes it really hard to remember each little point, especially because they're not really attached to like events that happened. Yeah. And also a lot of it I just did not care about. Like the Tate scandal, I was kind of like, I don't really think I care that he has a, like illegitimate child somewhere else. Like no. we're not going to meet that child. We don't even know who like the mother is. We don't like she wasn't a character in the book. No, true. Like that's not a big scandal to me because I live in 2019. Right. <laughs> true. That's true because then you also don't know what bits are going to be important because you're right. Some of them end up not being important yeah and at that point they hadn't even like connected david like his murder to any of this no his murder got sorted out in like the last page and a half i was really suspecting that was gonna like carry over into another book i thought so too actually yeah that was really interesting but yeah 
we'll get to that. It's not. They all. It all wrapped up. It did. Yeah. So Quiller and yeah, back out out into the little uh, culmination here. Mm-hmm. Quiller and uh, has the pictures from Odd Bunsen that of um, the Tate's house that Quiller and I think also has promised to to Tate to bring over to him, but is also going over to pick up Yum Yum. So he takes Coco with him, which is great. Well, first, Coco licks a spot off of one of the pictures. Right. Yes. Which is what got Quiller and suspicious in the first place. Yes. Because he sees like a little, it's that, that antique piece of furniture that David like was like, make sure you get this in the photo because it's like their piece of furniture. No, like maybe don't get this in the photo because it's their piece of furniture and I didn't I can't remember what oh the, no you're right the whole thing was I forgot but it was all about that you're right it was don't get it in the photo because I didn't design this and like I wouldn't have this here if it were up to me yeah but I had to like because it's a family heirloom I had to leave it yeah uh, yeah but I did get a picture of it and that's the the piece of furniture that Coco licked off the yeah <laughs> like the the photo of and cooler and looks at it and is like huh and like sees a funny little shadow on the side yeah so that's that's what got him suspicious in the first place before he even heads over there right because it defo looks like a secret hidden compartment compartment yeah and it was spoiler alert i mean we're basically there because the only other things that happen are that uh quillerin gets coco harnessed up again on his same long ass leash that he tied him up on the balcony with Mm -hmm. but he like drills another hole into the the halter harness the harness yeah i did like that he's like i'm gonna modify this so you can't (laughs) out. It's like this is not small enough for you. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so, but also most of the time, so he takes a taxi over there and he's like, mm-hmm. hey, wait for me. And the taxi driver's like, all right, kind of I'm gonna do that. I'm also gonna go get a, like a breakfast burrito. <laughs> <laughs> um but turns out he is not even needed, probably, because Quillerin goes in, has Coco on his shoulder, and then pretty quickly is like okay like here are the photos and the guy's like great thanks he has a little bit of a weird moment when he does show him the photos and quiller and kind of does his thing where he's like so tate like look at this great like he points out the piece of furniture in the photo and then in person no he he doesn't actually he's like really sly about it he doesn't give him that picture and he was like oh, oh i really i really thought odd got a picture of your great piece of furniture over here but i don't know what happened <gasps> oh. to it oh that's interesting i okay got it. i didn't quite put it together like that that's interesting yeah and then he does uh, make a little funny face right i don't remember <laughs> okay because he does at some point I remember maybe, that maybe. Point. yeah that he like his like face twitches a little bit and Quillen's like i caught that yeah and that's when he's like okay i gotta inspect this piece of furniture so he sends him out to go get yum yum and then what does he find he finds what we already exactly what we already said yeah <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah but unfortunately what's his name Tate? Tate. Oh my god. 
Oh my. <laughs> oh my. I was thinking Mike and I was like, no, that's not that's the dead guy. Oh yeah, yeah. Anyway. Um yeah, so unfortunately Tate had already found Yum Yum and she was uh locked up in the laundry room for uh Coolerin's arrival, so it did not take him a very long to come back with Yum Yum. Yeah. And so Quillerin's still like messing with his furniture and uh looking inside of it. Um and has seen everything which And has seen everything which is all of the jade, right? Yep. It's every it's the, piece of missing the, jade. The stolen, quote unquote stolen <laughs> jade that Tate has stolen himself. Yes. For the insurance money because he's broke. Yes yes indeed and then so we get one of our first like cat scrabbles yeah we get our first so quillerin's too enthralled with his find to hear tate sneaking up on him yeah but tate uh comes into the room with his jade harpoon oh i knew they were gonna come back seal harpoon (laughs) weird pieces of weird like yeah weird sharp pieces of ancient stone weaponry yeah but yeah so he he comes in to attack quillerin and we do we have our first uh cat squabble of cat versus killer yeah cat versus killer (laughs) cat slash cat versus uh bad guy because do we even know if he killed his wife did that even come up you know it didn't really come up yeah because Quillerin has the whole theory that since Tate has stolen the jade he also had a fight with his wife about money and about the investment because it turns out that she knew about this investment opportunity this really big deal thing with her family so she's a part of it through her family but I think it was something where like he was just super broke and she was like I'm not being involved with your brokenness anymore or something like that (laughs) and she actually gives harold noyton the investment tip on her behalf and so like they are going to be making money together not her and her husband and so i think something along those lines quilleran's like oh maybe they had like a huge fight and since her heart was already really weak she had a heart attack or Hmm. he actually killed her yeah well Either way, she's still dead. It's true. It does not still a bad guy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Still dead, still a bad guy. So anyway, there's the we have two cats and a bad guy trying to kill Quillerin with a seal harpoon made of jade. Well the cats aren't trying to kill Quillerin. No, we have two cats, comma, a bad guy. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes. Yeah, I did not. I could not read your punctuation. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, yes. So yeah, we we don't really uh, see what happens. We hear some screaming and some squabbling, and uh, Quillerin gets thunked on the head. Unfortunately <laughs> for him, with a seal harpoon. He also and- gets stabbed in the arm. I think. Oh, is that what happened? Yeah, I think he, like, falls and bumps his head, but he also, because what, like, logistically, I think what ends up happening is that Coco races around, so Tate comes in, he's, like, trying to stab Quiller, and Coco races around him with his long-ass leash Mm -hmm. and trips him, and so I I pictured it, I'm not sure if this is right or not, 
I pictured it as he was falling. He kind of gets pulled backwards by Coco's leash, pulled like tripping him. And so I think instead of getting Quiller in like, you know, in the back or in the heart or like somewhere important, I think as he's falling, he just like kind of grazes it. Yeah, 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 exactly. I think he kind of gets Quillerin's arm. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then put kind of pushes Quillerin over and I think he like bumps his head or something. Mm-hmm. But his head, I see. Yeah, for some reason I thought it kind of just like glanced off his head, which is why there's so much blood because head wounds bleed people. That is true. They that are crazy. Fucking true. Yeah. Don't get don't get tiny cuts on your head. They will just gush. Ew. Yeah. Gross. But yeah, no. Exactly, exactly like in Star Wars with the with the adats <laughs> oh yeah with the adats i was picturing them like i know i love you i know it's like oh my god are you trying to like equate the cats like loving quiller into like han and leia no, like... <laughs> no i was equating it to a battle scene <laughs> yes okay more accurate yes that is a perfect analogy yes that's like the the only thing i ever think of when someone's legs get tied together <laughs> that's true yeah oh so good yeah, they pull an at at on uh on good old G Verning Tate, yeah. who definitely goes down, and then Quillerin grabs the the Jade harpoon head from him and kind of holds it on him until the police come. Oh, and he calls calls the police from the gilded gold phone in the oh, office. Ho, ho, ho. Oh ho ho! As he tells all of his press club buddies later. Yes. Yeah. So Quillerin Quillerin doesn't really see anything. He just kind of turns around and he sees like. Coco trying to like bolt in the other direction with like Tate tied to the ground and poor Yum Yum's like on top of the furniture. Yeah. Like all scared and scared and sad. I know, poor Yum Yum. But it is really great because he does find a vet and he takes Yum Yum directly to the vet. Yeah. And she gets all patched up because it turns out he like kicked her or something. She had like a wound on her side. Yeah, poor Yum Yum. <laughs> Extra hard times for Yum Yum. I know. But then we do get like the really awesome, the like very, very end scene is um, Quillerin coming home and having introduced the cats and they're like clearly in love. Like it's so great. Yeah, great ending. Um, And we missed uh, something important because it was so last minute and seemed so uneventful, but oh, yeah. like was killed by... <laughs> Yeah, we get a real small wrap up on this by, whole thing. Yeah, by by Nancy Nancy Norton. No, <laughs> <laughs> Natalie Norwell. Oh, you were closer. <laughs> Noyton. <laughs> Natalie Noyton. Harold's yes. ex-wife. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that was such a weird twist. Like it turned out, it was a little bit of like some of the things we always worry are going to come out in these storylines it was like a woman who was just driven mad by her love of a man that she couldn't have <laughs> Sorry, a little bit absurd it is it was but i was like a little like, bit eye rolly about uh, it i was like oh come on make it a little bit more crimey a little more interesting because a little bit more interesting please yeah. but i mean at the same time he did like con a bunch of women not saying that he deserved to die that's yeah but like he he made a lot of enemies no that's true yeah no you're right that did kind of flush out that storyline of like you're right he had led on a lot of women including um koki too mm-hmm. and so we do get that throughout this so it is kind of planted throughout the whole the whole book yeah but it sounds like koki 
realized early on that he was never going to like love anyone but himself but it sounds like natalie had like banked a lot on that relationship and like that's the reason that she asked for a divorce yeah that's the reason why she was kind of like you know like making a lot of different moves in her life and then she eventually realized that it was never going to happen and she basically like gave up a bunch of things that she you know obviously wouldn't have if she had thought that david like was not something permanent right exactly yeah and so we kind of we got the the kind of fill-in storyline that she has this has you know driven her to such extremes that she goes over to david like's apartment that's the date that he had that night that quillerin and odd photographed his house and he's like you know oh i have a date later i can't go to the press club so it turns out it was natalie and that uh coco is probably there they think when she shot she shot him mm-hmm. and he died and she you know left and then went back to her place and uh then i believe she took a bunch of sleeping pills and alcohol together because she turns up dead herself yeah so that's that's kind of the uh the tie-in with like when he and odd had gone over to photograph her house and the housekeeper was like oh she's just like she changed her mind like that's right that was the like after was that that was before she killed him though i think that was or maybe it was after she killed him i can't remember but it was like she was just like sad and depressed and heartbroken and so yeah i don't think she had committed suicide at that point but she had you know discovered that her life was in shambles and the man she loved was uh, a player for lack of a better term yeah exactly so yeah that's how we get honestly that all comes out in like one page at the very end mm-hmm. and it does almost seem like it's gonna be set up for the next book but then yeah it is which actually thinking about it it was these two books right and then the next book is the cat who saw red there's a big gap in between the next book after this is the cat who saw red i think so because wasn't it these first two books in the 60s and then we jump all the way like she didn't write any for like a really long time i can tell you actually no it's not it's the cat who turned on and off next because i I have (laughs) i have these massive books that have three uh lillian jackson braun books in one. Oh right yeah 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 so let me go grab my oh wait i think my other one actually is in this room let me find it let me find it yeah. so yeah the this one that i have is the cat who could read backwards the cat who ate danish modern and the cat who turned on and off so the next one oh, is the cat okay. who turned on and off and then i think the next giant book of three that i have starts with the cat who saw red oh okay so maybe it was three instead of two i just was a little little off there yeah 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 oh but either way we i am so glad yum yum is in a good home and we get just that last little scene of her just like you know cozy in the chair that coco ate (laughs) coco like standing next to her and they are grooming each other at the very end yeah so sweet and yeah that's it that's how yum yum came to be in quitherin and coco's lives yeah traumatic start but we're so happy she's with quitherin now 
oh she has had a hard life yeah i mean until now until now and from now on she'll have a great cushy life until she gets kidnapped (laughs) until she gets kidnapped but that's only one day and you know what knowing her background that kidnapping story is not so traumatic (laughs) that's actually true yeah like she can handle that that's true and maybe that explains a little bit of why she was like because i was thinking you know she was in the car with quiller and he has her all wrapped up and she's like pretty immediately okay like she's just like happy to be with him again whereas i feel like a lot of cats would just still be like shaking and really scared and maybe she's like oh i was kicked out of the house once (laughs) yeah yeah maybe well oh good work yum yum good work quillerin good work coco good work coco and uh yeah thanks so much for listening guys that's the end of our series on the cat who ate danish modern yes and yum yum's origin story and yum yum's origin oh yeah well a little trooper i know she is well we will have a surprise book for you next time it's becoming a uh tradition to surprise you with the books that we're gonna do and not really give you a heads up but we'll have a whole new book for you a whole new surprise for you next time are we making it a surprise? Do we know what it is? What are you? <gasps> yes. Oh, do you want to do Nancy Drew? Is that what you were thinking? Yeah. <gasps> oh, yeah. Okay. Let's definitely do that. I love that. Yeah. Because I have it from the library and I think it's actually due this week. Oh. <laughs> well, guys, next time we are actually reading a Nancy Drew book throwback to childhood if you were like us and had a childhood full of nancy drew (laughs) yeah oh my god we're so excited um we are gonna be reading julia which nancy drew book are we reading i actually don't have it in the room with me so i don't remember oh no (laughs) oh oh the clue clue of the tapping shoes oh yeah here the tapping heels Um, But it's about, so I don't think Nancy Drew actually has a cat herself, but this book is about another kidnapping, another kidnapping of cats. Oh, God, we're just, uh, we're masochists. We're taking ourselves through these. We're we're on a roll. Oh, hardest of times. Um, But yeah, we thought that would fit in pretty well because because of our cat kidnapping history. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I certainly kidnapped all of my cats. That's true. I mean, I, yeah, have literally grabbed one of them off the street from a private property. So, <laughs> yeah, I grabbed all of mine off the street. So. <laughs> oh. um, so, yeah, we'll bring that to you next time. And uh, we hope you enjoy it. And uh, yeah, yeah. In the meantime, you can follow us on social media at Paranormal Cativity Pod on Instagram and Paranormal Pod on Twitter. You can find us on Goodreads. I promise I really will update that, especially with this Nancy Drew update. Nancy Drew. Um, and yeah, you can find us our book club there. That's super fun. And uh, yeah, shout out to our Patreon donors, our patrons. We're Patron. so happy you guys uh, support us that way. We're just so, so grateful. And uh, we'll have a new Kitty World news up for you soon. So keep an eye out for that. And uh, I think that's it. Thanks, guys. Yeah. I think that's all. And also, as always, pet your kitties and bunnies and dogs. And any animal that you might also have in your life. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Bye, guys. Bye.